And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have uh, episode number 33 today with our good buddy, uh, Chris McIntosh, or Mac, we like to call him. And uh, we're going to be doing ghost stories and paranormal activity. Oh, yeah. 33 is my lucky number, baby. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's also my age. For a little bit longer. Yeah. All right, so uh, last time when we we had you on, we were talking about all the recording stuff and everything you were doing on the Detroit music scene before. Um, You kind of had this uh, little fringe story that you wanted to talk about, so here we are. Uh, Why don't you go into a little bit about what what happened and, you know, all the details. Don't scare us too much. You know, I'm a scary dude. (laughs) So what, what, what we touched on before was ghosts, paranormal activity, uh, and that kind of stuff. And I've never been a big believer of, of ghosts because you, know, you can read all you want on them. Are they real? Are they physical? If they can walk through walls, then how is it they can close a, a door, right? Right. Do they pick and choose? Is it halfway life to heaven? Is it halfway life to hell? In either case, how many unsolved mysteries have happened where if they were conscious enough as a ghost and could cause action, why didn't they help solve their mystery? So, I don't know, inherently there, 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 there are holes in, in, in these stories, but I definitely have a couple of hair-raising stories and a couple of hair-raising experiences that I've gone through when it comes to ghosts. All right, let's let's get well, into I'm it. I'm intrigued, baby. <laughs> So, an old house in Gross Point, uh, where my folks moved to, 70 Kenwood. It, it, big place, you know, uh, old part of town. And, so, everybody out there, it's Gross Point, Michigan. It's just outside of Detroit. Yep, uh, east side of Detroit. And it's this old house. And I came home from college, and, and I'd never been there. I'd never seen it. And it was I'd me driving home from college, and it was, by the way, this is where we live. And this is your room or your rooms. I had three rooms total. You say to yourself, wow, this guy had three rooms. Well, I lived in the maid's quarters uh, or the, the helper quarters, whatever. Three little small bedrooms. These bedrooms were probably nine by ten, if that. So... I come home, and it was about 95 feet from where everybody else lived in the house back. And then there were these three maids' quarters rooms, and there was the old dinger bells and and that kind of stuff. Well, it's my first night back from college. And I don't know, about 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, I'm settling down. Got a little TV back there, no cable, but shuffle the antenna around. I'm watching it, and this and that. So pretty soon, um, fell asleep, turned the TV off, you know, got up, fell asleep, and I'm going. And all of a sudden, it was a long hallway, like I said, 95 feet. And I, 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 a few times earlier that day, I heard my mom come back, and you heard somebody walking down the hallway. It was a long hallway, so you heard it from all the way back, so you're always ready for anything. So I, 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 in the middle of the night, I hear that. 
And I'm totally new, first night in the house. So I get up, I flip the light on, and I walk out in the hallway, and I say, Mom, there's nothing. It was about 15 feet down, and I look all the way down this long hallway, nothing. All lights are off. So I shut the hall light off, and I go back to my room. Well, rinse and repeat this for probably the next 35 to 40 minutes, where I, I heard the thump, thump, thump. Except the third time I went out, in the long hallway, a light was turned on in one of these little niche closet little room areas. I see the light glaring from the room, and I thought, hmm. I mean, this is before the day of auto lights, timed lights, all that kind of stuff. This is the old-fashioned light bulb screwed in a thing with a little chain. That sort of a deal. So I go down, I look in the room, it's nothing. It's one of these really creepy old doors where it has the archway, you know, with the arch. It's not like a regular standard door. Right. And I Got go, point. one of these weird rooms, you would think it was like a millionaire's jewelry closet because there's all these little drawers, like a 1U rack space size drawer, but 35 of them going down. I mean, it goes this and like this. So the light's on in this little archway, little room. It's probably five by five. I turn the light off. Now, that was weird. So I go back to bed, and about a couple hours later, in what it was, middle of the night, again, hear the thumb. Go again. Another little niche room had a light on. Hmm. So at this time, I'm like, all right, I could cut glass with the hair on my arm, um, turn the light off, go back, and it was pretty much rinse and repeat for the night. Now, I can't explain the lights being on or the thumping. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but that's what I remember happening. You know, um, that was, the, that was the, the first night back. So, but there was this and that that went on, but that was the first that actually freaked me out. The second thing that freaked me out in that house was, if you can see my hands here, it was the hallway, if we're looking down the house, little hallway, I had a room here, here, and then across the hallway, here. So it was like mm -hmm. one, two, three rooms in that hallway. And my main room was the back one, my guitar room was the front one, and the one across the hall was like the guest room, whatever room. This is about two weeks into living to the house. And Did you say anything to your parents about the noises you heard? or? I asked my mom the next morning, did you, were you down checking on me? Or did you walk up? Nope. I don't know what you're talking about. Did you come down and turn any lights on? Were you looking for anything? Yeah. No, we don't go back there. I mean, these were empty. These were old. Oh. So what was going through your mind that first night? What were you, uh, what did you, uh, what, what did you, what did you chalk it up as? I was freaked out. I was looking over the covers like this, like <laughs> Saying like, what is this place? Yeah, and you were never. You for, were you ahead, for man. sure? Were you for sure awake? Like, do you know that this wasn't sleep sleep paralysis or lucid dreaming or anything? As you know? far as I knew, I was totally awake. I was. I would walk down the hallway and walk. So it seemed normal. You're like, okay, this is fucking weird. You had the logic and the awareness of being like every day. Absolutely. Okay. When I heard the walking. I walked out of my room and flipped the light on to me. What gotcha. sounded like what was usually my mom, somebody walking down the hall. Totally. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> the next experience is, like I said, the room across the hall. 
This is about two weeks into it. And I call it the dance room. Because, again, going to sleep, half in, half out, Wheel of Fortune, whatever the heck, late night shows I was watching, you heard... tap dancing clear i'm a drum person i'm a music personality from these things so these tappings i tap a lot so i clearly heard this tapping like this across the room i always kept the door shut it was a creepy room it had this really old bedspread on it it was whatever so when i'm not thinking of it oh that sounds like an old pipe we had the old uh steam heaters you know with, with you know the grills and yeah so Maybe it was that. So the minute I open the door, flip the light on, stops. I go over, I feel the heater. This is, again, when I came home from college. So this is what? Late May? I graduated May 1994. So shortly after that, no reason to have the heat on. So I go over, I feel it. No, cold registers. No, no No AC back there, right? Um... All right, so close the door, go back to bed, blah, blah, blah. Rinse and repeat. Here's my theme of the night. Rinse and repeat. Okay. <laughs> so when, you say, when you say rinse and repeat, does that mean that it's been happen- it happens constantly throughout the whole night? Yeah, it was randomly. Okay. So this one time I was just fed up, so I'm out like this. I'm ready to go. I got my <laughs> hand on the knob. Yeah. <laughs> Flip, so I go in, rip open the door, and flip the light on. From the door, move, you know, because it was a closed door, all you saw was like the bed skirt. You know, do that yeah. thing. But again, I was like, what? So I look in the closet, and up in the closet, there's like a three by two, you know, those things you push up to like get into the attic. The crawl space, yeah, the attic. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go in there, man. Don't go in there. I'm not going in there, I said. <laughs> but it was moved a little bit. I could see a sliver of where it wasn't square. So at this point in time, I'm like, I, okay, this isn't even funny anymore. And that happened for several nights that week. The dance room, the tap dancing. It, it, it happened time and time again. When I go and flip on the light, it was gone. Until the one time I heard the tap dancing. And when I came out of my room underneath the door jam, the light was already on for me. Could you see like a shadow of something going on in there? No, there was no shadows, but the light was on and I always turn the lights on. Okay. So it was that kind of stuff. Um, now, the weirdest story I have to say about this uh, 70 Kenwood house, and there was one at the other Kenwood house that my folks had, but this is the strangest thing. We had a little carriage house in the back that my sister lived in. And my sister, a year before, whenever it was, got a little dog named Stoli, a little black lab, little baby, blah, blah, blah. Well, she had it, this, that, and the next thing, and eventually, uh, I don't remember what she was doing, but she had to get rid of the dog and adopted it to somebody and gave it away. And this was months after the dog was gone. And she was sad and blah, blah, blah. So she, she, her story was, I was indirect to it, that she calls me 
Um, and I said, she goes, what did you, what did you do to my house? And I said, I didn't do anything to your house. Well, you come over here right now. So I go over to blah, blah, blah. And she goes up the stairs like she'd seen a ghost. And we went up the stairs and, and there was a rather fresh piece of dog poop at the top of the stairs. Um, fresh meat. Fresh meat. This is months. <laughs> you got rid of the dog. But you went through this creepy part of the garage to get to the creepy old carriage house that had a creepy kitchen that looked like it was in the 50s. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dingy. But so that's her story. She got rid of the dog, but then when she came home from work, <clears throat> there was like towels pulled off the rack in the bathroom. The sheet on her bed upstairs was kind of messed up, and there was that little piece of dog poop at the top of the stairs that appeared to be not like an old crusty. Didn't you know where if you whacked it, it would be like hitting right. an old jelly bean. It was <laughs> if, you, if you'd have twacked it, it would have been like hitting a piece of meatloaf. You know what I mean? There was there was some. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Go on. It's kind of Thank amazing you. with these analogies. <laughs> that was the uh, that was the thing was the the stoly dog poop. And the only other thing at the ninety Kenwood house is that they had this really old creepy safe room. When I say safe room, the door would be something that somebody our size had a, the old bank, you know, type of thing like this, and you open yeah. it was this big door. And it was an old creepy room, and stuff would move in there. It smelled weird, and stuff that was just an old room. They permanently had the safe uh, closed while the door was open so you could never shut it. Because everybody was always afraid that somebody would get locked in the safe and you'd die because it was an airtight service. But remember stuff being moved around, and again, probably several times of stuff appearing there. Nobody ever went in there, but all of a sudden you'd go in there and stuff would be there or stuff would be moved or stuff would be gone. And this was two doors down from the other house. So I don't know. It was a, in a street in Gross Point called Kenwood, and it was a historical street because there's this big row of trees, and it used to be called Nun's Walk. I know, yeah. Because the nuns would walk down between the trees, and it was the big path back in the day all the way down to where the yeah, they're they're perfectly aligned. Like you know, like you notice that street when you're on it because all the trees are yeah. the trees are like exactly. Yeah, they're they're all the trees are aligned. And several are gone these days, but it used to be nuns walk where it would be blah 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 blah. So I don't know what kind of creepy stuff went on or what it was. Nobody, nobody. Well, I, I wanted to add. Uh, there was a lot of uh, Indian massacres in Gross Point. There's like you know signs saying that a massacre went down here. I think in Windmill Point there's one. Yeah, but. There's also been a lot of accounts of uh, the war memorial being haunted. That's true. So, I mean, that's an old part of town. I mean, that's, that's, you know. Even my grandma's house, 22 Weber Place, um, it used to be a junior league house. It was in a big house, three stories, had an elevator. The people that, that built Hudson's uh, were the people that owned it before her. Um, and there was a chicken coop in the basement. I know Kevin and I used to play like hide and go seek in this house and you would hear some creepy shit. I definitely heard some chickens squawking and there was never an alive chicken in that, the chicken coop room. Cause it was like painted and nice and it was like a storage room. So yeah, I mean, I think there's something to gross point, you know, 
being haunted, whether it was all the stuff, you know, from way back with the French or whether it's Indians stuff, you know, with, you know, more recent settlers or what happened. But I, you know, I just think that, um, there's definitely something about that area that does have some sort of paranormal correlation. Yeah. And it's all interesting because like you, you look at some stuff as I was looking at, you know, personal experience is one thing. Science is another. I, mean, I was going to ask you, what do you believe with the, do you think you were hallucinating? Do you think you saw, you heard some, some real shit? What do you think? I, I, I'm kind of a, uh, I'm the scientist type of guy. Right. So I, it, it was probably wood settling, you know, this, the lights turning on, who knows? I just might've forgot to turn it off because I was sleepy or whatever it was. But in my mind, that was what I experienced. But the noises and the dancing, I, I don't know, because why would a ghost date? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why? Unless the maid who used to live in that room was a dancer and she got her head cut off, by, you know what I mean? And she never went to hell or heaven and she's going to sit there and dance all the time and do nothing else. So right. you, never, you never uncovered anything about that house? Like someone was murdered there or some no. activity? No, I, I did. I, I never did... You know, see any of that uh, uh, history, or, or eventually, I told my parents that I didn't think it was haunted, and I wasn't the only one. My sister uh, and my brother both had weird experiences. But they lived there; they never had any experiences. They they did. My parents never talked about it, but my sister and my brother will. Right. Well, your parents never said a word. Like they saw something no. out of the ordinary. Have you ever heard of the scientist uh, Rupert Sheldrake? He's from England, but he's most famous for this theory. It's called morphic resonance, where things can get trapped in in time and in, in certain locations. So, like, let's say you died in a room, or you know, you had an experience in that room. You know, um, maybe something gets trapped in that exact space or that that area. You know, like. Um, an example would be, I think they, they were doing a, there's a podcast, with Joe Rogan and Steven Tyler, where they were talking about muscle shoals. I don't know if you've seen that uh, documentary on uh, Netflix, but it's the famous recording studio in Alabama where like the water meets the land just right. And there's something about it. That's just, it's perfect when you get all those famous recordings. Um, but something like the like a room has memory. Like if you go into Motown records, there's like a memory to that building. It's not, there's like a feeling that you get when you go in there and it could just be your idea of what that was at one point and you projecting on that. But I do think that there maybe is something to um, energy being trapped in spaces and creating some sort of like loop or something effect to that matter. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it does. And, and but you, you did hit on one thing there that the mind can do miraculous things and and what we know as our five senses are nothing more than electrochemical you know synapses and and transactions within your body to feel to hear to touch these these things can be recreated scientifically by your brain right that's where i tend to think it's more of like a projection uh, where the haunting is a more of a projection, like the really, really extravagant stuff, like people being dragged around on the television. You know what I mean? Where they have those paranoid. Right. I, I don't buy any of that stuff. But, um, but 
in my experience, yeah, what I what I, what I was seeing could have been absolutely triggered by. I was afraid. I never slept there before, and I'm back by myself in the creepy maids' quarters, and it could have been my mind getting the best of me, uh, and that's what I tend to think that more of these things are. But you just said something important. You said, we got these five senses. You're right. We do have these five senses. But do you know, I mean, I'm sure you do know, like you said, you're a science guy, but like to take in a picture, we actually get it in reverse and it gets turned upside down and then sent into our brain where we process it. If you think about it, that's not, our eyeballs aren't even lenses, really. They're, they're, it's, there's a whole more complex structure to this. And, and there's even ancient civilizations like the ancient Egyptians believe we had 360 senses. Basically, like we had this dome or bubble around us. Um, and, and, and I don't know if since then we've condensed this kind of concept where now we only have five because we've combined this, 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 and this, or whatever the case may be. But I think even if you look at like ultraviolet light, like we can't even detect that, but yet it's driving, you know, photosynthesis and giving people cancer and doing all sorts of stuff. So there's a whole spectrum of shit that we just can't even see. So I'm, right. in, the, I'm in the mind frame that where I agree with you, I, I don't believe in a lot of the hoaxier stuff. I do think that there's a spectrum of stuff happening that we just can't perceive based on the tools that we have, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I do. I, you know, I, I agree with you. But the yeah, the concept of you know Casper the ghost or some spirit that goes around does stuff. I don't know. Other people could probably swear by it that they that they know it's true. Yeah. It's personal experience. You know, um, I've had other uh, you know um, vivid dreams type of experiences and stuff like that where you just where something was so real where you get up the next morning and you go, I swear I did that. You know, or why, why do I look in it? I thought I had that in my wallet, or I thought you go through these experiences. So who's not to say that you didn't look, we don't know anything about dreams. If anybody says they're a dream expert, they know about dreams. They don't know shit. I've, re I've read all sorts of scientific articles where at very best, they think it's a bunch of endogenous chemicals coming together to create, this landscape, but they still don't understand why. And that's if that that's true. So, I mean, look, it could be a DMT release. They don't know that for sure. The only way to do that is to tap into somebody's brain while it's happening, apparently. And I don't know anybody. That's Let's fucking do this. I don't know anyone <laughs> signing up for that. But you're right. I mean, the concept of dreams in itself is what I'm saying. You, you have a dream. You experienced that. N nobody can say. It's real, yeah. You dreamed that you went skydiving. Nobody can argue that that's not what your brain experienced, right? So in the same way is if you experience me, the dancer, or the creepy house, or or whatever coincidence caused the poop to be where it was. <laughs> this poop, man. There's this fucking poop. A scientific explanation for that part of it. But the stuff that makes your hair stand on end, like, you know, uh, I've never seen a, a you know a glass or a vase be moved across the table. Or I've messed around with the Ouija board stuff and, and gotten creeped out a little bit, but I've never seen anything crazier than what noises and hear and, and, and imagination triggers. People are weird about the Ouija board thing too. I, I was I'm on all sorts of forums and stuff just because I, I find everything interesting and I just like to understand most things. 
Um, and there's a lot of people on Reddit that are like part of the occult where they do stuff and magic and high magic, whatever you want to consider that kind of stuff, where they won't even walk into a house with a Ouija board. And these are people that believe in that kind of shit. Right. Um, so I don't know. Ouija boards do creep me out. I've heard a lot of weird shit and there's specific like demons tailored towards that. It's like a gateway for certain entities, supposedly. Um, I don't necessarily... Well, the mind's a powerful fucking well, thing. Too, you know, I was just going to say, like, if you're projecting something, you're going in, oh, we're going to get these demons out of here, or we're going to do this or that. But then there's stories of people that have had good intentions where bad things have happened. So um, who knows? But I would say for what you were talking about with um, our minds being powerful, I a thousand percent agree with that. And I think that um, we do... I don't know. We've all had that feeling. Like if you're walking up basement stairs up to, you know, the top and the lights are off and you get that feeling like somebody's behind you or maybe it's it's dark and you're in your house and you watch something creepy or, you know, for me, the creepy stuff isn't like Jason or anything. The creepy stuff is like realistic things, you know, like I think alien abductions are creepy. I don't necessarily think they are. They are truly are alien abductions. It might be sleep sleep paralysis, or it might be some sort of DMT release in your brain while you're sleeping, creating this thing. And it, what you were just saying about something being real if you experience it, I 100% agree. And even people like Dennis McKenna, Terrence McKenna, those kinds of guys talk about it. Where if if you experience it, it is. Oh, is real now does it have some sort of bearing scientifically is a different question we don't know you know that's something to be explored right. um but if you experience it it's definitely real you know so i mean that would that would be my take on it too i would agree with you there where it's you know it, the proof is it's, it's kind of off but the scientific proof for that is just as much as you have a memory of doing something that was real then if you have a dream and you remember your dream as far as the old, you know, brain scientific stuff, how, how is it to your life experience? How is that any less real than anything you remember? Right. Right. Well, I also think a lot of like a lot of this stuff happens to kids, and they're like, "Oh, kids are super sensitive to this." But also, I think kids are very highly imaginative. They could come up with some stuff like that, and then over twenty years. They've been telling themselves the same story, so you know by the time they're 25, they have seen a ghost because they've convinced themselves that that's the fucking true story. Right. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm still waiting for the alien to walk through my door. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I agree with because I, I I we I brought this up. It's even on our commercial we just made about. It. I say, you know, what do you think about when you see a gray alien? When I see like a realistic picture of a gray alien, for some reason it it's inherently creepy to me. Not that if I saw one, I would try to attack it or whatever, but just that picture, that like archetype does something. It just it creeps me out, you know. Right. And like scary movies don't do anything for me. I'll watch scary movies all night long and it won't do shit. I always wonder why these depictions of aliens says that they all have the same builds. They're all the same height. There aren't skinny ones, chubby ones, tall ones, short ones. They all look the same. Right. So I, that's my curiosity is why out of all these people who have seen it, why do they all look the same? They're fucking ripped, bro. I mean, I've heard on other things, and we've talked about this too, like maybe that's what we become. Like maybe we do have these perceptions of things um, that we just don't know. Like look at where we came. You know, obviously I would think, if you, you know, most people believe in evolution, you know. So if you believe in evolution, 
well, we were Arthropithecus or we were um, Hamadids or we were, you know, Neanderthals, whatever, but we've evolved. So we looked different before. So who's not to say we still continue that trend. What's the trend? We've gotten skinnier, less hair. So that's the trend. We keep trending towards that same, you know, and if you go people that have go, go to space, they're bone, they lose bone density while they're in space. So if you, what if you were a space traveler, who was human at one point, you might look like that. I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, you know, that just kind of makes sense. Yeah, but he's asking, where's the diversity, man? Where's or where's the, the midget the aliens, dude? They're, they're, yeah. Yeah. All there's, kinds of shit, man. The fringe right. explanation as that, another thing is they could be... The ghetto of space, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they could be non-biological entities, meaning that, like, you know how we think of space travel, that, oh, we got to get in a space trip or a space... Uh, you know, a time capsule or something to shoot ourselves across the cosmos, whether it be a spaceship or some sort of warp speed machine or something like that, um, that if another, let's say there are aliens and they're sending people here, well, knowing what we know about science yeah, and, they're robots, and all, you know, yeah, they're robots. Exactly. They're, you wouldn't send, uh, you know, a biological entity cause they'd die. You know, like we know now if we're going to go to Mars, we have to start, doing this thing where, you know, they're working, I think NASA's working on it now, the cryogenic thing that you see in space movies where people go to sleep for a certain amount of time, then they wake back up and they're good to go, you know? Yeah, so, they're not always, they're not good to go though. There's always complications. But they're, they're working on that now, but I'm just saying like, that's a, a theory that if people, when people see aliens, that they are not biological entities. That if we have ever learned anything from those fucking movies, man, cryogenic chambers, no. Yeah. That's how you it always starts, bro. It's when you wake up. Exactly. Yeah, James Franco's dead, and fucking all hell's about to break loose. I mean, our, oh, so like the other thing is too. We were talking about like sleep paralysis. Our last guest that we had on the last episode, Lee Adams, he's you know all into the whole lucid dreaming thing and the science side of sleep paralysis and you know plant medicine and all that. But he was talking about um, a lot of these experiences. He had an experience where he was in sleep paralysis and a demon actually attacked him. And there was a physical thing happening that he was experiencing. It wasn't thing. And then once he stopped fighting this thing, he kind of got out of it. And anybody that's had sleep paralysis, they think that that's, like I said, like reasons for alien abduction or demons in Canada, they call it old hag syndrome. Like there's a old demon woman sitting on your chest, you know? Um, So that's a common thing that people have that, could explain some of these nighttime things. Weird. Um, well, some of that old woman shit is just, uh, it's a wet dream, bro. <laughs> it's your wet dream, you say. <laughs> um, Don't but, judge anyone, man. <laughs> you think, though, for like, so, you know, you're, into, you're big into music, like you said. Obviously, we've had you on talking about this before, but I think a lot of stuff matters about vibration and I've been looking into this more and more. So like our reality might be tuned into a certain frequency and there might be multiple frequencies. Maybe that's their other universes or other planes or whatever. And who's not to say at some point those frequencies don't collide, you know, or converge, you know? Absolutely. I mean, when you listen to music with your eyes closed, don't you see stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So that's vibration. That's your brain interpreting vibration. <laughs> it's that simple, man. <laughs> you know? Well, there's certain people that think, too, that, like, our moon could be some sort of, like, matrix-type thing in the sense that 
maybe our brain's a receiver for these vibrations. And even Tesla kind of t- touched on this a little bit. And obviously, he was a wacko, but he was by far one of the most intelligent wackos we've ever had because we live off of all of this technology right now, Wi-Fi and AC power and all that. Yeah. Um, Again, you, some shit you can't see. Yeah. Do you think, though, that, like, um, that's possibility that maybe our brain is this receiver and whatever vibration that's happening in the universe is causing what we know as consciousness or, um, you know, senses or that kind of thing? I don't know if I would make that direct of a correlation, but does the moon have something to do with it? The moon is physical matter, and physical matter, matter excuse me, causes vibration. Right. So and it's caused our tides and all that kind of stuff. Right, yeah, that's because anything moving in space and time is causing vibration. It's causing movement of matter. And that energy moving through matter is vibration. So, yeah, again, it's something as close as in front of you, as far away as the moon. You know, the old saying, drop a pebble in the middle of a lake. Right. What happens, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. You know, like, you think about the sun. I know this is a basic concept, but you think about the sun. Well, that's when most people are awake and you are productive and you're gaining the energy from this thing. And when the sun goes down, you get the moon and then you've, you're tired and there's less going on and you know so maybe that there's associations too with uh demons and ghosts and stuff because it's not as you know bright or joyful as it would be during the daytime yeah why why does everything ghostly happen (laughs) at night because you can't see shit And if you could see shit, you wouldn't see anything. No, I gotta be honest. I wish, we, <laughs> I wish we could see less shit. I wish there was what less lights out, especially outside Chicago. Here, there's just like a red glow on top of the city, and I can't see any stars. It's disgusting. And then when I go home to Michigan, yeah, I can see some more, but you know, now you got to go up north or right. Peach Island in Michigan is where our astronomy class used to go back in the day. Right. So, it's a good spot. So why don't you talk about uh, your little your little ditty there, Maurice? Your little well, it's not my ditty, but uh, my mom. Let's see if I can pull this thing up. My mom and stepfather used to have a have a place on Harrison's Island. Can you guys see this? Yeah, hold on. Hold up again. It should be up right now. Oh yeah. Okay, so they had a place at Harrison's Island. This is the place. It's called uh, Idle Hour Yacht Club. And uh, they were still, they were st- whoa, dude. Now, now we're seeing ghosts, <laughs> man. Now we're seeing ghosts. <laughs> I think I just launched into another dimension. But anyways, let me get this out real quick. So they were, uh, they were looking into this place. It's a yacht club. They were going to join it. And they were staying up there for a weekend. And they were staying in one of these towers that I'm circling right here. So you can kind of see it was a little bit away from the rest of the uh, hotel. Because it's like a hotel where you could come up, stay for the weekend, park your boat. They had a bar, you know, a restaurant and all kinds of stuff to do there for the weekend. Anyways, they were staying there and no one else was there. It was a Sunday night. Everybody had gone home for the weekend. And uh, you can see that there's obviously a stairwell up to this place because it's a little higher than the rest of it. It's very creepy. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, this fits right into that mold of the creepy things. But if you knew my mom, like, this lady... 
is not going to make up stories. Maisie knows her pretty well. I don't uh, know if you yeah. know her better. She's I mean, not going to make up a story. I basically grew up at your house as a second home, and I can tell you, yeah, she's just a super sweet, nice, uh, no-nonsense type of... No yeah. lying, whatever, right. that, whatever that means. But, you know, lady was super, uh, super honest, whatever. So she's not going to come up with a story. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty simple. Her and uh, my stepfather were sleeping up there. No one else was in the was in the the yacht club and they heard kind of like what Max said they heard steps coming up the they heard uh foot footsteps coming up their stairwell and uh my stepfather jumped out of bed to check to see who it was no one was there and then a couple other times throughout the night they heard the same kind of thing he jumped up and checked it didn't see anybody so i don't know they kind of chalked it up to what mac was saying is you know floorboards this or that packed up their stuff and you know they were with each other so they weren't just by themselves so it probably wasn't as creepy as max experience so anyways they went home and uh they really liked the place so they ended up joining it and when they went back the next weekend it came up somehow with someone else that belonged there they were talking about their experiences and john was like yeah we heard this noise blah 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 and then one of the the people that was a longtime member was like oh don't worry about that that's just george and they're like, what the, what's George? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. George is a friendly ghost. He's visiting Uh-oh. some people here. So there was like a whole backstory. Apparently, a, a guy swam the channel and ended up drowning, like right where Idle Hour was. He tried to swim that channel and ended up drowning. And numerous other people uh, from, the, from the club have experiences with George. And it seems to always happen on a Sunday when... The whole uh, hotel is empty. Maybe someone's just staying there for an extra night. You know, they took Monday off having a long weekend or whatever. What day of the week did he die? I don't know what day of the week that he died, but I know that a lot of the experience. I talked to two other people that had some experiences where they heard someone in the room and they thought it was another drunk person because, like, they were, they, you know, it's their boaters. They're big partiers up there. So there's a lot of shenanigans going on. This guy was up there by himself and he heard rustling in a room and he thought someone must have came you know, back and they're hammered and he like couldn't get in the door. He was like the Commodore for the place. So he had keys and he like went in the room and there was no one there. Was he a brick house? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was swinging baby. That was, that was that place we played that one gig with. Oh, you were, you were with us, huh? Yeah. With, uh, LLE, right? Yeah. I think we might've, we, I know I've played up there before. Oh yeah. Yeah. We played in the back. Yeah, yep, that's the place. I, I, yeah, which, yeah that was, wait, wait. I saw a ghost. Oh, wait, no, that was me in the mirror. After yeah, that was a yeah. <laughs> that was me. But um, I don't know. Me and my cousin uh, walked around there. We were there on a Sunday actually, and we were yelling for George. We were calling out for him. We didn't see shit. Wow. So I don't know, man. It always seems to happen to. At times, well, I don't know. I've never had an experience, so I'm talking out of my ass right now. I'm, I'm, I'm open to it, I guess. I don't know. Like, if something were to happen like that, I guess I'd be like, oh, that's interesting, you know? But I, I'm, I've never, like I said, I'm waiting for that alien to walk through my door, you know? Well, keep yeah. waiting, bro. Well, that, that's another thing we were talking about, too, a couple episodes ago, was maybe all these things like people see aliens and ghosts and sleep paralysis and DMT trips and all sorts of crazy shit. Maybe this is all the same thing, putting on different masks, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying it's God or something like that, but maybe there is some sort of 
You know, there's a lot of people that think we're in a sim. You know, some of the smartest people in the world think that we're in a simulation right now. Um, you know, I'm sure you've heard of simulation theory. So we've all played video games. You know, things pop up. So I'm Neo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it would be like that. I think it would be more intense. Like, well, that's why that movie resonated so much is because it could. It's it's a very interesting concept of. If you think hard about it, you know, you go, what the fuck really are we doing here? Back then, though, I didn't, I was, I was never thinking on that level. I just watched it as a movie, you know. Now I look back, I'm like, that was, that's pretty interesting, you know. But I think at the time. Ahead of its time. Yeah, it was ahead of its time, number one. And uh, I think people like to joke about that movie, like Red Pill, Blue Pill, like that kind of stuff. In reality, I think that there could be some sort of Red Pill, Blue Pill type scenario, you know. And which one would you take? <laughs> I don't know. Both. <laughs> Cancel that shit out. Call, call the ambulance. This guy's going down now. <laughs> That's right. Bring two worlds together and really fucking learn some stuff. Well, let me ask you this, Mac. What if, if you were to believe in aliens, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, there's one last dinosaur that's, alive? That shit's fucking stupid, man. Well, I'm saying, though, if you were to believe in, like, one thing that isn't, you know, kind of based or steeped in reality, what would you believe or what do you believe in, if anything? Um, I, I, I think probably I'd have to draw a line in the sand that... As unexplainable as it is, and as real as certain people's experiences are, that I tend to, like I said, I'm a scientist, I would chalk it up as some sort of, you, you know, the brain, you know, electrochemical reactions that happen in our brain that define our reality right now. Because if you take your five or your 130 Egyptian senses away, mm-hmm. you've got big butt a bunch of cells working together to create organs to create function of a, of a, of a body, your living organism. But as soon as you introduce those senses, you introduce experience to an external world. To somebody, you remember Johnny got a gun, you remember the Metallica thing, the guy's like, oh, so what? She's moving his head around <laughs> and everything. Like the guy can't hear, can't see, can't feel. But yet he has a conscience. So, as, but as soon as you introduce any external, yeah, Helen Keller, any well, well, even more than that, any in, external stimulus that your brain can interpret it a certain way. How they say that certain people that were born blind can see by touching another person's face. Right. You know. So, I, I the only thing I believe is that I think that somehow these things are. The experiences that our brain is going through to create what we think is real. And if you can sleep when you're, I mean, if you can dream when you're sleeping, what's to say that you can't somehow sort of dream when you're awake based on stimulus? So, but I don't get into the big hokey stuff either. You know, um, the alien stuff, it would only make sense that there's other life out there somewhere that's bigger than that. If we've only survived for, look at the, look at the fucking planet Earth. No, no, no. You don't have to convince yeah. me, man. I believe <laughs> this old, this old, yeah. is what we know. I mean, if you go to Rome, you're walking around buildings that have been around for thousands of years. If you right. go to countries, thousands of years. And these are, archaeologically proven that they're that old. So my analogy is if what we think is of human life and our existence as humans 
absolutely just the most minuscule sliver on what we think we know about time and space, then there's got to be the alien stuff out there somewhere bigger and better and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know, the hokey paranormal stuff. It's, yeah, I'm not a big ghost guy. I'm not a big Bigfoot guy. We talked about Bigfoot. Bigfoot. He did exist at one point. It's called Gigantopithecus, um, which was an overly sized, you know, he was an hominid, ancient hominid. Um, he was an oaf, bro. Just so, like, maybe people, when they see him, they're so, you know how people, they have, uh, there's instances of um, uh, reincarnation where, like, kids will remember memory of people that, somebody that died in World War II. There's a famous example of some guy, a pilot that died going down in World War II in a plane um, and some boy being born, I think like 20 years ago or something like that, having exact memories, knowing the, the, the numbers on the plane, knowing the exact plane, the, the schematics, all that stuff, the guy's name, the guy's family, all that shit. They even line these people up or like had the dad of the kid met, you know, the people, the family, like this is crazy. And, and there's another one, Dorothy uh, Edie, who was a high priestess in ancient Egypt. And she, in fact, she helped most of the early British uh, museum um, find different sites and artifacts and, and different stuff. She was like a huge tool for them discovering a lot about ancient Egypt because um, she was supposedly a high priest. She, she knew nothing about ancient Egypt from her life as, as in modern day, but she had all these memories of her being a priestess before monotheism took over in ancient Egypt. So she was part of that whole culture back then and she was helping them discover stuff. So there's stuff like that where the, there's just no explanation. So when we talk about Gigantopithecus, maybe there's some sort of memory within our DNA that remembers a time when there was something big. So you might look in the woods, see something like a bear and, and have some sort of visual cue from an ancient genes that's in your body or something, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, that that would be the more plausible explanation for you know for that kind of stuff. And but yeah, you're right. There, there are all these things. The creepy kid who knew about crashing the plane, or people who wake up from uh, fucking strokes and speak different languages. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You know, I mean, who knows what we don't? Who knows? It's more dangerous to think about what we don't know that we know more than we know. I, I don't know. Well, I read a, re <laughs> I re I read a recent paper. That's, uh, that's real clever. <laughs> I read a recent scientific paper where they talked about just, um, personality disorder, like people that have multiple personalities. Um, and by studying that, they've been able to prove that the universe is looking for consciousness, meaning that these people that have multiple personalities, one lady was was fully functional in one of her personalities, but then another personality was blind, and she literally couldn't see when the other personality took over. Um, that part of her brain shut down in, in her eyes and in her faculties and everything. And there's been other instances of similar things. So their theory is that the, the universe is trying to create consciousness so it comes out through any way that it kind of can um and that's like the explanation behind that kind of stuff so i don't know if that's you know the, obviously it's it's an early scientific you know in its scientific phase but that's just a theory that they've got going on right now with that yeah for sure there's there's weird shit man i mean there's a lot of as much as we know about science and in in stuff that's you know definitely steeped in reality there's so many things that are still questionable that we don't you know um i 
I guess that's just uh, just like anything. And this is why you know I'm sorry. I go back to the scientist thing, but there are plenty of things that, as humans, you can prove scientifically, and because you can repeat them. You know what I mean? Plausibility comes in repetition. Uh, but it just seems that, like for the longest amount of time, all these wives' tales, folklores, ghost stories, alien stories, none of this stuff. That you know, why after all this amount of time can we have pretty much empirical evidence on anything as weird or as simple or complex to strange as they are that we cannot come up or drum up any sort of empirical evidence when it comes to any of this stuff? Seems peculiar to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. Do you think, do you believe in, uh, like you were talking about the way you were talking about conscious or do you believe our consciousness is separate? Like maybe we have, we do have a soul or a spirit or do you believe that this is it? And when we die, it's, we're just dust. I think when you die, you're dust. Because the only reason why I asked that is like, so then do you believe in, most people that believe that believe in determinism, which is you don't have free will and that every decision, like the next decision you're about to make is predetermined by everything that you've already experienced in your life to that point. Well, I don't know if it's predetermined, but it's certainly influenced by. Okay. I mean, I don't agree with it, but I, I, I'm not shitting on any. I mean, I don't. Nobody has the answers. So. Um, what I'm saying is, I don't think I, I don't think I'm a an emoji or an avatar that somebody else is controlling. You know, or no. I mean, I think I think the theory would... or any of that stuff. But what I'm saying is that the next decision you make, if your body feels hungry the electrochemical transactions happening in your brain are going to tell you to eat. Right. I think it's that simple. Right. No, and I, I agree with you there. I, I think it's possible, though, to believe in God and a soul and all that and still believe in what you're saying in terms of, because think about it like this. We do have, in my opinion, we have free will and in, in that regard. So, yeah. To us. to us, though, we have free will, again, through our own eyes. But let's say there, let's just say hypothetically, there is a God. God is supposedly omnipresent, infinite, uh, uh, you know, omnificent, you know, all that stuff. So he's the beginning and he's the end. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what you're going to do. He knows what I'm going to do. He knows how everything's going to shake out. The thing is, though, is like, let's say, though, that like what we're saying, we still know nothing. Well, we only know what we have the tools to prove. So, um, you know, I heard this on another podcast. I think it was Joe Rogan where they're talking about playing pool. If you have all the angles and the math and the, the geometry and everything, you can hit, you know, you can break it knowing how much force and everything and determine where all the balls are going to are going to go. Right. Right. So take that out now into the bigger picture. Think about that as if you were, if God was the dude striking the ball, he would know all these things that are happening and going to happen. And where we might think we have free will, this and the bigger picture of things, this person knows exactly what's going to happen because they can quantify everything. And we don't have those same tools, if that makes sense. That's just my opinion on it. But that's my opinion would be that if God is somehow created or thought of or dreamt up or believed in by man, then God is simply as flawed as man is. Sure. Well, that's what, Gnost that's what, Gnost that's what Gnosticism is, is that the God that created us is the flawed God. As big as, as, big as the universe is, and you look at the something like a cell and how complex something like a little cell can be, my, my analogy is this, that to the life 
in the backyard of my house, the trees, the flowers, the grass, the bugs, the spiders, the animals. I'm God of my backyard. I can give life and I can take it away. Sure. Right? So can anything just be all-knowing? Because if something is all-knowing and... I don't know. We're touching on. Well, so, oh, I was just saying, like, I don't mean to offend anybody, but like, no, that, no, but the but big bad is all knowing, and bad things happen to people. Then that's kind of fucked up. Sure, but maybe there's some sort of lesson. I don't know. There, the thing. What you were just explaining, God being a flawed God. Well, that is a real school of thought. It's called Gnosticism, and what the Gnostics believe is that the God that created our universe was an extension of God that wasn't. Um, sanctioned in creating so like this it's i'm not going to get into it. it's very complex but basically that the god that created our universe is not the one god that created everything but like an offshoot and he thought he was creating a representation of the spirit realm or where our souls and, and spirits go but in reality he didn't have those tools that we're talking about so we create a very flawed version of it which is what we are today so in gnosticism they almost look like or almost think that we, our souls, are trapped. And not that this is hell, but that the divine spark that we all are, that our personality or our spirit or whatever, is trapped in these, like, meat suits, basically. Um, and, <laughs> and and once we die, we will be reunited with, with, with our true self. So, I mean, look, I, I agree with you. I'm very, I'm very, very, you know, you can watch all of our, our podcasts. I'm very steeped in science, too. and I. But at the same time, Science falls, which they can't even prove the Big Bang. They can't prove what dark matter is. They can't prove what, what uh, gravitational waves are. They can't prove any of this shit. You know, like we're string theory is a theory, but you need 11 dimensions for string theory. And super string theory, you need 14 dimensions, you know? So, like, there's so, or, you know, 26 dimensions for uh, the one. So, it's like for all these things to exist, we only know of three dimensions length, width, and height. And if you want to be generous, you can say time. So all these great and wonderful things that are being taught in school and, and lectured on and all are just theories. They're, it's nothing, it's not Newton's law, you know, or it's none of that stuff. It's, it's literally speculation using mathematics that has no actual bearing because there's no way to prove anything. All right. Well, E does equal MC squared. No, that's, okay, so Einstein, I'd say, is probably the best of all time at the whole theory game thing with um, uh, the theory of relativity, relativity and, and, you know, that being able that to prove it. It can be tested and, and it can be repeated. Right. But that does not explain dark energy, dark matter. Oh, and that's not that. No. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't explain any of that shit. But, but yeah, so that's why I mean, look, I, like I, I'm right there with you. I want the answers too, but it, where we are, it's almost like until there's people that believe the earth's flat, you know, like, so, and there is proof to debunk that. So there's going to be stupid people regardless. It doesn't matter if we do have all the answers at some point. So you're saying the Earth is, like, round then? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, bro. I think it's just a Frisbee, bro. Just floating. No, go to Antarctica, man. Go to Antarctica yeah. and come back. Go to Antarctica. They're not going to let you go there. The Rothschilds control everything, bro. Come on. Right. Wow. We really went down that road. Well, that's, isn't that the isn't that the flatter theory that the the Rothschilds they have a, a 
um, what you might call it, a mountain in Antarctica where they're hiding aliens and shit too. I mean, like the, some of that stuff's just so fucking far out. Well, there. I could come up with anything, man. Yeah, that's what the guy probably did that created that fucking flat Earth page, you know. And then <laughs> all the people got on board, and that's here we are today. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. That was actually pretty cool. I Cheers thought to George. Yeah, I thought your both of your stories George. were pretty creepy. Cheers. I, all right. Cheers to the ghosts. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>